0: Under One Ruth was founded two years ago. It was set up to support tenement owners throughout Scotland, and although most people think of a tenement as being the kind of Edwardian buildings we find in Bath Street, for instance, the definition is much wider, as we'll hear. Its aim is to provide free, independent advice to owner-occupiers, landlords, letting agents and the like, and it's also to encourage them to work more closely together together before the law changes to make them through the creation of tenement or flat owners' associations. The point is that these buildings have communal problems. General maintenance of the roof, for instance, or increasingly finding ways to make them more energy efficient, all of which can be better dealt with when the owners get together to collaborate. The organisation itself is mostly virtual, with team members working from home. It's run by Chief Executive Mike Heffron from an office at Tribe I moved to Portobello a couple of years ago and uh, through some connections
1: worked here found that Tribe Porty would be an excellent place as a shared workspace for the kind of work that I needed to get done and also a great way to sort of connect up with the community. There's a lot of really interesting people that, that work here in a variety of different fields and so it's an excellent place as far as sort of just a setup to work but also just sort of the,
0: the great creativity that's of the people that are, that are working out of here. How do property owners actually get in touch with you? Is it directly through the, the website or, or what?
1: We've got a, a number of different ways. So our website just recently actually launched a information service, we call it. And you can go straight to our under one website. And right on the front page, there's a link to t- get you directly in touch with one of our team members and allow you to ask a question that specifically relates to your situation in your tenement building or in your tenement flat. So that's one way to do it. We also have launched, of course, any of the social media channels. So we have an Instagram account, a Twitter account, a Facebook account, and LinkedIn as well, all of which are ways that you can get in touch with us as well to actually ask your specific question that's related to management or maintenance of your tenement. We've got probably some of the, what we call our expert team, the people that sort of have helped found the organization, and many of the listeners will have had a copy of the Guide to Tenement Management and Maintenance that was published first in the 1990s by Annie Flint and John Gilbert. They have helped put together the website and continue to be people that we rely on on top of the information that the staff have to answer the questions that people bring to us. And if we can't answer the questions, we're always looking for ways to pass that on to someone that we might be able
0: to. There are quite a lot of tenements in Portobello, Mm. including some of those which are facing straight onto the sea. Mm. I'm sure retrofitting for environmental purposes would actually be particularly beneficial for those which are subject to the vagaries of the weather. Absolutely. One of the things that we've been really building up with
1: in the the last year or so and are going to be doing a lot more work on is issues around retrofit and energy efficiency. And there's a few reasons for that. One is the Scottish Government is making it mandatory as far as sort of their heat and building strategy that there's going to need to be changes to the way we heat all of our buildings in Scotland. And that includes tenements. Now, owner occupiers don't have the same deadlines that some other groups do, but landlords it's it's a sooner deadline as far as sort of making sure your building is up to the right EPC level, EPC three or C, I should say. And also changing energy systems, so phasing out gas boilers and to looking at other options. One one of the things that we do at Under One Roof Scotland is try to provide information and options for people because it's a very different situation if you're in a new build versus an old stone tenement building, a pre-1919 building, as we call it, when it comes to what kind of heating systems that you might even be looking to replace it with. And in fact, right now, we're with old stone tenement buildings, probably the best thing to do is is to do your research. But whether or not you can do things like a heat pump, for example, a ground source and air source heat pump, which are options for... Owners of detached homes, of semi-detached homes, of newer builds may not be the most appropriate thing for an old stone tenement owner. So you may have to be looking at temporary things and uh, do-it-yourself things as well. I mean, one of the things that was, particularly with the, obviously, with the cost of living and with the energy crisis that we're in right now, is taking a look at the small changes you can make within your building, draft proofing, using those wooden shutters that may have been painted over or covered up. Those are excellent existing features that can reduce drafts and increase the energy efficiency of homes, particularly the old stone tenement buildings, which can be a bit more difficult as far as sort of keeping the heat in.
0: It's not just the stone buildings that are classed as, as tenements, that along the Joppa end there's a, a group of flats which are also come under that category.
1: Yeah I mean the definition of tenement actually is one that that would include modern builds and high rises and such as far as the Tenement Act is concerned the Scottish Government's Tenement Act that was passed in the early 2000s and the rules that affect those. So we work with all different types of people and situations. Very much the situation they're in will determine the options you have. For example with energy efficiency and retrofit. You can't put external insulation on a old stone tenement building. One is it destroys the heritage of the building. That's one of the things that makes Scotland's architectural heritage so beautiful is these old stone tenement buildings and the looks of them, um, as anyone who's gone down Bath Street could tell you. But at the same time too, that there's actual effects that that can have on the structure of the building. If you are putting insulation on a building with with solid stone walls, putting insulation on there can actually damage the building, cause that potentially to crumble by by reducing the, the moisture that's in there. Those old stone tenement buildings have to breathe. So If you're in a modern build, on the other hand, you can put external insulation if it's not already there. With a lot of the newer stuff that certainly is there, with the sort of in-between period, you know, after the the 20s, 30s, and 40s, up until sort of the the newer builds in the 90s, you have the opportunity to put insulation on on the exterior parts of the buildings and really seal those up. And that's one of the things that we focus on, is not just talking about new energy systems, which is a lot of what people are talking about, but the most important thing, which is the fabric of the Building, is that we take a fabric first approach, as it's called, which makes that you've got a building that is sealed up, it is dry, and if it's dry, it's going to be warmer. There's no point in putting in insulation or doing retrofit work if you have problems with the fabric of your building, and that needs to be addressed first. And we're, we've been pushing on a number of fronts, including the Scottish Government, to say that we need more investment in making sure that the buildings are are standing because the environmental impact of having to rebuild crumbling building that needs to be addressed but the the environmental cost of that is much much greater if we have to rebuild those those crumbling buildings rather than actually keeping them standing and sustainable and that's done by making sure that the building is has things such as good roofs, sealed roofs, sealed exteriors, making sure that water isn't getting into the building. One of the things that we do encourage too is that owners need to take responsibility. That's the only way that we're going to keep this the built environment in Scotland standing strong is that owners have to start taking more responsibility and putting money aside to deal with these issues. And that's a tough thing because we're talking about change of culture in Scotland, but it's something that there's no one coming to the rescue on this stuff. This is something that all owners are going to have to work together to solve and that's why one of the things that we exist to do is to help owners with that.
0: We know of tenements throughout Scotland where the owners don't even know their neighbour.
1: Yes that's absolutely true and one of the things that we we really encourage is forming an owners association. It's one of the, the, the easiest and first things that you can do to address problems in your building is start talking to your neighbours. We have templates on our, our website if you want to do a more formal like a constitution and get something set up like that. But initially it's getting a WhatsApp group together of all the owners, get people talking, get people who basically are responsible for every few months. Somebody's going to take a look outside the building with some binoculars and check to see if there are trees growing out of the gutters. If there are gutter work that needs to be done, it's not getting done. You've got water coming down the side of the building. Then you've got growth on the side of the building, pulling away the render of the building. And now you're talking about structural problems. Instead of having the gutters clean for a few hundred pounds, now you're talking about tens of thousands of pounds of repair of the work that have to be done to keep that building standing having those owners associations is so important for that kind of thing. And it also has the the knock on effect to get you talking to your neighbors. You'll get to know the situation in your building. How many are owner occupiers? Are there baby people that you can't you don't know what the situation is. It may be an empty home or it may be another situation, finding out what the status of all the owners are because there's a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline as far as what the Scottish government's looking for. One of those is mandatory owners' associations. It wouldn't come up until the next parliament, but it's sitting with the Scottish government. Scotland is one of the few countries in the world that doesn't have mandatory owners' associations. England is another. They're also taking a look at things like five-year tenement inspections, so something that's more than what you see in the home reports but actually is someone coming and taking a look at the actual sort of condition of that building and something that would be public. So people buying flats or selling flats would be able to see what the actual condition of the building is and what's expected to come. So in other words, they'll be able to see if that roof is about to cave in because they'll have, they'll have that inspection report. And also looking at building funds, used to be called sinking funds, and having a amount of money that you can, a pot that builds up over time. So you're not stuck with a all of a sudden, a couple of grand that you have to put in toward your share of fixing the roof, that money builds up over a period of time. So all of those things are critically important. The Scottish government's looking at doing those a more structured and mandatory way, probably not until the next parliament. But in the meantime, we're saying you can do all those things now. All those things that can be, you can form an owner's association, you can start putting money aside, you can do those inspections now, all of which will have long-term benefits to yourself and the other people in your building.
0: One of the things that we have to stress is that although you're based here in Portobello, you are actually a Scotland-wide organisation.
1: Yes, we cover all of Scotland. Um, We try to do in-person events. We also do webinars and such um, that cover sort of the the full breadth of Scotland. But with the in-person events, now that COVID has eased off, we try to get out into the community as well. In fact, we've got an event coming up here at Tribe on October 25th that the community is invited to attend, where I'll be taking questions and answers from people about their situations. I'll be talking a little bit about basic sort of things that people can do around maintenance and management of their tenement buildings. So for any of the people listening to the podcast today. They are invited to come along. There's details on the Facebook page for Tribe Party about how you can sign up. It's a free event. It's just basically just to get a sense of how many people are coming along. We'll be looking to do events like that. There's another there's a Energy Fair in Kaylee that's coming on beginning of November. We're going to be taking part in as well. So we're in a nationwide organization, but we are always looking for opportunities to get out and speak people directly into the community. And I'm looking for, particularly with being part of the Portobello community, wanting to actually do that myself and where I live.
0: Mike mentioned an event on the 25th of this month at Tribe. It's what's known as a Tribe Talk, and he'll cover advice on both tenement management and maintenance. It will take place between 5.30 and 6.30 at Tribe Party in Windsor Place. A link to the Advent page, where you can sign up, is included in the description to this episode, as well as a link to the charity's own website. If you live in or own a flat in a tenement, it could be worth your while to go along. He also mentioned a fair and calie in November. That will be the Heat Fair, which will be looking at low-carbon heating. And that will be held at Belfield on the afternoon of the 5th, followed by the Cayley and supper in the evening. And that's it for this week. Don't forget that if you have an idea you think could make an interesting episode, then do, as Mike did, and contact us through social media or write an email to theportypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.